Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Mama. I'm so excited that you're here. I'm so grateful, and I am ready to get into today's topic and today's episode. We are talking all about the reasons why our little ones are eating. We're going to talk a little bit about what we do as parents, what we can do as parents, what our little ones are already doing. It's going to be a really good episode. I think it's going to be a really interesting listen for you. But before we hop in, I just want to say thank you to everyone who's listening right now, downloading, streaming, all the things, subscribing, and a special thank you to everyone who leaves me a written review. I don't know if you know this, but written reviews is the top reason why people find a podcast just like mine. And so I always appreciate and read every single one of the of the reviews that are written in. And I always like to feature one on episodes um, when I can. And so today I'm going to do just that. So this one is from Hetch615. Five stars, very realistic to life at the table. I know I'm already going to like this one. <laughs> Loving these podcast. If I had a question about my picky eater, I know I can find it here. She keeps it relatable to what struggles really are at the table and guides you through navigating them without worry. You can definitely tell she's a mom who's been through it all, but also very educated and knowledgeable on nutrition end of things. I also like how she occasionally answers listener questions. Thank you so much. I'm so excited uh, that you like that. So I will keep that coming. And in case you guys didn't know, I do answer listener questions here on the podcast every once in a while. And if you want to get your question answered, you can just shoot me an email. Just in the subject line, go ahead and put listener question. And uh, my email is Alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. I want to hop in real quick and take a second to thank the sponsor of today's podcast, Dino Bars. Dino Bars are all organic fruit and vegetable bars that are wrapped in edible paper. Yes, you heard me right. Edible paper made from potato starch. And what that means for you is that you can get all the benefits that come with a fruit and veggie forward bar without the mess. Insert praise hands here. But seriously, I was really skeptical about these bars. I thought they were going to be another kind of sticky, gooey mess that my littlest ones had trouble chewing. They're not like that at all. The kids love them, but I love them too. Not only because they taste delicious, but they have simple, balanced ingredients that make for a great option for nutrition on the go. Click the link in the description box below and use code Alyssa10, that's A-L-Y-S-S-A, the number 10, for 10% off. And don't you dare get a pack without my absolute favorite flavor, purple sweet potato raspberry. Okay, now back to the show. All right, you may have heard me say this once or twice before, but if you haven't, then buckle up because here we go. So kids are born as intuitive eaters. In fact, all humans are born as intuitive eaters. So what do I mean by that? I mean that we are literally born into this world knowing when we are hungry and when we are full. So when we are hungry, we oftentimes hear babies cry. Of course, that's not the only reason why they cry, but us moms know that there's typically a little bit of a difference between cries, whether they're 
lonely, frustrated, stuck, cold, need help, or they're hungry. They know when they're hungry. And when they're hungry, nothing else will satisfy them, at least not for long, until they get some food. Then when they nurse or take a bottle, oftentimes when they're done, they will just let go of the nipple and turn their head. They are done. So what does this tell us? This tells us that we are born intuitive eaters. We know when we're hungry and when we are full. And yet somewhere around this two-year age mark where toddlers start to get a little picky, we as parents start to worry. We lose faith that our little ones know when they're hungry and when they're full. We start to really just stop trusting their little bodies. How can we? It's so hard to trust these little kids who are deciding to say no to things like broccoli or whole grain toast or pasta or even some of the favorites that you know picky eaters typically like, like goldfish crackers or mac and cheese. We're looking at this going, no, 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 you have to eat something. And we lose trust in their body's ability to tell them when they're hungry and full. We also lose trust in our toddler's ability to listen to those cues and act upon them. One of those is probably true, and that's why a lot of times we start to use what I call external cues or external reasons for our little ones to eat. This typically comes in the form of pressure. A lot of us were raised this way around the table or we're looking around and this is what other parents are doing. So we do things like beg, bribe, plead, guilt, even praise our little ones to try to get them to eat. So an example might be that your little one wants to go play with their Legos and you say, well, you have to finish your plate before you can go play with your Legos. Or maybe you just need to take two bites. Or maybe you have a rule in your house that you need to have a polite bite. At least one bite, you have to try it before you know if you're going to like it or not. And then you can go play with your Legos or do whatever activity there is later. Or maybe you even use dessert to say, hey, if you finish your plate, then you get dessert. All of these fall under these external cues or external reasons to eat. So what I mean by that is you're taking something that's very internal, a biological drive to eat, and we're saying, hey, here's a reason out here externally from your body to eat because I'll tell you did a good job, because you'll get ice cream, because you'll get to go play with Legos. There's an external reason to eat. So this brings us back to this whole idea of having external reasons versus internal. And the external reasons typically fall under a pressure technique. And that's really the best way to identify if you're adding pressure or not. Is this an external reason for them to eat? Are they being driven by this external reason? Yes or no? If yes, then it's likely a pressure technique. If no, and it's just an encouragement, a setting them up for success, if you will, but not encouraging them to eat because they get certain things out of it, then it's no longer pressure. That's us doing our job at the table to set them up for success. So we want to work on moving what could be very external reasons to eat right now back to being internal reasons to eat which again, like I said, is how we are all born. Now, this is a process, and a lot of this process has to do with us letting go of the fear that's helping us step into offering these external reasons, and that can feel really scary. I've been there myself. I completely understand it. But here's the ultimate fact of picky eating, and research backs this up as well, is that the more that we pressure our little ones to eat, the harder their picky eating is going to settle into their lives. And as someone who has used pressure techniques, I can tell you that sometimes they do feel like they're working. They're working. I got him to eat three more bites. I got him to try broccoli. He actually said that he liked those fish tacos, whatever it might be. It feels like those external systems like rewards or guilting or bribing or begging or telling them that they can have ice cream, whatever it is, seem to work 
in the moment. But here's the thing about adding pressure. You have to continuously increase the amount of pressure that you are adding to get a smaller result. In fact, I was interviewed on a podcast one time and this mom was saying that she had used this technique of offering dessert if her children finished their plate. And she has one child who's particularly picky and he kept doubling down and saying, no, I don't want to eat. And she kept having to up the ante said, oh, well, we can get ice cream. Well, you can get a double scoop of ice cream. We can get ice cream plus all these toppings. Okay. If you eat your dinner, we'll have ice cream and all the toppings and we'll do it up like as if we're in Cold Stone. I'm going to put on this whole production. And he still said no, and ultimately just went to bed. So even though ice cream was working for a period of time, over time, it doesn't work. And I would go so far as to say that it actually makes things worse, meaning coming back from that is going to be really hard, not only because we're already cemented in this idea of adding external reasons for them to eat, like giving them ice cream or dessert or time to play with something or a sticker on a sticker chart or a big high five or being part of the clean plate club, all those sorts of things. We're already solidified in that. That Those are the tools in our tool belt, right? They're already there. It's really hard to take all those tools out of our tool belt, lay them down and never look back and kind of go back to the table with an empty tool belt. And it feels really scary for us. So not only is that a huge reason, but also our little ones are already cemented that this is how we are supposed to eat. This is why we're supposed to eat. And they actually have to take time to get reconnected with their hunger and fullness cues, their internal reasons and desire to eat. And that can take time. Meanwhile, they also have to build trust back in with us, knowing that if I say no, you're okay with me saying no. Meaning that if I don't finish my plate, we're still going to be okay. We have to rebuild that trust. Even if that was never said by you that, oh, I'm not going to love you unless you finish your plate. Sometimes our children can actually internalize some feelings like that. Now, again, this is all coming from a dietitian, a picky eating specialist who had a picky son herself and did all of these things to fix it. I know it feels scary. I know it feels hopeless. I know you feel like you're at your wit's end and you don't know what to do. Like I said, you're probably sitting there going, do I really have to take all these tools out of my tool belt and walk back empty handed? Yeah, for a period of time you do. But if you want the tools to fill back up your tool belt and learn a new way to encourage your little ones to try new foods, to have them be adventurous and to stop using the pressure techniques to really move that external reason to eat back to being an internal reason to eat. That's exactly why I created my table talk program. Going through Table Talk, you'll learn all of the proven strategies and methods that actually work. Those are the tools that you need in your tool belt. On top of that, you'll also learn the structures that you need to have in place, and that will build your house or your table, if you will, on solid ground so that everything you try and everything you do will work because it's already on solid ground and it just needs time. Of course, in the program, you'll also learn how to handle things like tantrums at the table or food throwing or rejecting an entire meal completely. There's all sorts of information in there that you will learn and be able to put into practice right away. I'm going to go ahead and link Table Talk in the description notes below. You can click on that link. You can learn more about it. You can enroll if you'd like. Again, this is self-paced. You can do it on your own time, in your own time, and access it forever. Plus, there's a money-back guarantee if it doesn't work for you and your family. So here's the thing. Today isn't really about table talk. I want you to take away this bigger concept that pressure doesn't work, but that doesn't mean we are hopeless. There are things that we can do to help encourage our little ones to try new foods. 
All right. I hope this episode was helpful. I hope it shifted some things in our minds, specifically about how to support our little ones trusting their own bodies and how we can learn to trust their bodies too. All right, mama, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.